Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 28 of season two of This Osteopathic Life. Today, I'm here with you to talk about breath and more specifically to talk about the unity of breath. It has come up so often recently and so much in just these last few days, how we remain divided, even in times that seem to have united us, perhaps temporarily, or perhaps in a way that wasn't entirely complete. And if we think about unity, if it excludes any, it isn't unity. And in conversations over these last couple weeks, particularly in the conversations episode with Dr. Francis Yu, looking at breath in its representation in the spirit and its engagement and part of the health. And in many conversations with my dear colleague, Dr. Jessica Bell, who I hope will join me in a future conversation episode, but we speak so often of breath and it's come up again and again. And she shared a beautiful piece by Rumi today. And I wanted to open with that, honoring this shared space, both in my conversations with her and the shared space in humanity represented in breath. And then we'll explore and see how we can move forward and expand from here. Only breath, not Christian or Jew or Muslim, not Hindu, Buddhist, Sufi or Zen, not any religion or cultural system. I'm not from the East or the West, not out of the ocean or up from the ground, not natural or ethereal, not composed of elements at all. I do not exist am not an entity in this world or in the next, did not descend from Adam and Eve or any origin story. My place is placeless, a trace of the traceless, neither body or soul. I belong to the beloved, have seen the two worlds as one, and that one call to and know, first, last, outer, inner, only that breath, breathing human being." And what struck me so profoundly in this is bringing forth the message I have heard and I have attempted to speak and to write and to live and exhibit and train and teach and cultivate is that oneness. And speaking of oneness in the health, oneness in the whole, oneness in humanity and breath gives us that opportunity to truly see it. Whether 
really can be no dividing line. There truly is no distinction. It is a space, an experience that we can witness the sharing. In our collective breath, thinking of this shared environment and its connection outside of any boundary of city or state line, country, no division by water. It is all around and it is within us. It is between us, is beyond us, it is around us. And we're seeing, if we're going to look specifically to this time, the connectedness, right? We're seeing how our impact is on one another through the transmission of this virus. And we might want to stay with this beautiful vision of the breath and the purity and the clarity. But let's also see its ability to transmit, right? And we can see it in the way of the contagion currently. It's also the ability to transmit kind of spirit between one another. If we are going to look beyond into the beauty, it is the medium by which we're communicating words so often. And if we can stop for a moment, and if you're able, certainly don't do this if you're driving or crossing a street right now, but close your eyes and come to the breath. And I don't even say your breath because it's not, it's the breath. And notice it and feel it. And imagine how it is being experienced in every being around the world simultaneously. And it's one that doesn't stop when we cross into the Southern Hemisphere, when we are in the North. There is no season of breath. There is no time of day when its experience is any different. It is constant and consistent and continuous and connected and collaborative. It is a space and place where we are all experiencing sameness, oneness, humanness, beingness. And if we close our eyes and only stay with the breath, it looks the same and feels the same for all. And mine could be interchanged with yours so easily. It isn't dependent on our gender or color or place in life. It just is. And its consistency is representative of life. And I would say of health. I look at these words, and we've talked about it before, where we exchange out words for health, love and wholeness, peace. They're all representatives of that same. And breath is one of the most beautiful and interestingly, I'd say tangible in so much as we can really notice it. Obviously, we're not controlling it through that tangibility. And breath is a space where we do have the capacity to access it and harness it and enhance it and inhibit it. 
But imagine if we tried to consciously keep up with the breath to sustain us, how we couldn't. And that is where the inherent wisdom and beauty that we all share is at play, is in action. We can bear witness to that truly. So yes, this is beyond us. Right? This is more than what I could ever do on my own. And you're experiencing it too, and you, and you, and you. And preserving that breath for one another is where the power lies. So I'd like to examine some concepts around breath, particularly in this current time where breath has been inhibited and challenged, where it has been used divisively, and some ways we can get back to the purity, the sacredness of breath and what it represents in health and in life. At a surface level, we can think about breath as the air taken into or expelled from the lungs. And that is a way we can experience it. Taking it in fully, breathing it out all the way. And it's enough to experience it just in that way for ourselves to observe it in those immediately around us where we can have that visual experience. And also acknowledge that it's happening everywhere, all the time. And it is a shared experience. And when we think about that, notice the connectedness that emerges. Notice the barriers that are released. We can step forward and think of breath as the power of breathing and life itself. In osteopathic medicine, we think of it as a life force. It is powerful. It is as strong as it is gentle. It is as consistent as it is clear and capable and necessary. It is as much as much accessible to us in our control as it is automatic. We can think about breath as a brief moment. And I love the visual of the first breath of something. Right? We just get that first sense, that first glimpse, that first glimmer, that first whiff, that first glance, that breath, that whisper. And noticing it as that moment. And we can think about the time required for that inhale, that breathing in. And it might just be very brief. When we're kind of in a resting state, we can have just these gentle, shallow, even easy breaths, and they can still sustain us. When we're looking for regulation, we might take a very long extended inhale and holding the breath, allowing it to fill us, to make us lighter, to make us more buoyant. We can also have that prolonged exhale. And notice how that emptying isn't a depletion, but it's a preparation. It's a making of space for the new and the clean and the powerful next inhale. We can think of breath as a sign, a hint, or a suggestion. 
And it's leaning back into that nuanced version and vision of it. What is it telling us? And I think of a whisper as that soft transmission of word with breath. And as I reflected on my own journey through injury and that really loud, that yelling, right? That active and forceful transmission of word with breath when I suffered the severity of the injury and then reflected and saw that there were many whispers. There was ease. There were breaths of warning in my body during that time. And so if we think about breath in all those ways, how does it emerge? How do we see it on that surface level, that very granular description, all the way to the most ethereal interpretation and all holding so much power? Thinking about breathing for health and how it can allow us to cleanse the body, to tap into the nervous system, how it can actually give us control when it can seem like there's so much chaos around us. It can reassure us that our body is wise and capable, and at the same time can assure us that we have the power to tap into our greatest inner potential. Thinking about how breath can influence health. And we can think about this in a passive way, how we need breath for health, but also how we can use breath for health in encouraging the vitality in our system from that relaxation perspective, from an energetic balance, learning to harness the power of the breath and its frequency, right? It happens so often during the day when we can tune into that and utilize it, it can be such an enhancement to our health. I recently read on recommendation of Dr. Bell, the book Breath by James Nestor, and I'll put the links into the show notes. And I was blown away by examples that I had seen previously and even utilized, methods I'd utilized with patients for patient care that I often attributed to the mechanical. But at their core, it was really the underlying access to and utilization of the power of breath that made these techniques and philosophies and practices so truly effective. Seeing how breath could shape the mechanics of the system. And we think about structure and function, and we often can think of those mechanics in the framework, in the architecture. But in a living breathing being, it involves the breath and of course, because that breath is filling up the structure. It's keeping us afloat and it has the power to even influence the skeletal system. We can see if function isn't there, if that breath is inadequate, there will be a shrinking down. There'll be a folding in. There'll be a curving forward because we're not taking up all that space with the breath as we could. And imagine, if you will, a forward bent posture or a side bent posture or kind of a compression of the tissues. And imagine how that influences the function. And it might not be dramatic initially, 
But if with every heartbeat, there's less movement, less space for the heart to experience full excursion. And the same for the lungs if we're forward bent. And with every breath, we're just filling up maybe even 90%, right? It might be close. But as that progresses and we get more folded around, maybe we're only getting to 70%. And that deficit you know, is adding up over time. And so imagine then what the function of the body becomes, right? That structure is compressed. Our function is reduced. We are not getting to our full and adequate lung capacity and respiration and oxygenation in the whole system. And so imagine then kind of that reciprocal relationship where if we start to take that breath and expand it, and we can do that in conjunction with the mechanical aspect, or we start to really open up. We can do that now, practice curling forward and then practice sitting back up. And as you do, see how the breath can expand. And notice you can do both. You can expand and open that structure to make space for the breath. But again, from that forward folded position, imagine just taking the deep breath and how that automatically begins to open the angle and allow you to sit up more. And imagine if you continue to do that. Imagine using that breath to fill up the space, how it can actually influence the structure and then augment the function for the better. And so there's so many ways to breathe for health available to you. And there are many exercises. And I will link those into the notes. But as with anything, looking at awareness of breath is always the first step. In such a powerful place to begin. I'd like to move into how breath has emerged in our current events, which have also been historical events, but as are presenting currently in the multiple pandemics, natural disasters, national crises, global crises that we are experiencing. And let's begin and we've already mentioned earlier, with the coronavirus and how it is emerging as a respiratory challenge. And we're seeing longer-term impacts on lung function from it. And at its outset, the largest concern was with respiration and ventilator use and management. And then we saw it behave very differently and it was an oxygenation issue and respirator and ventilator intervention wasn't as effective, but still the breath mattered. And interestingly, there was survival capacity at rates of oxygenation much lower than anything we had previously seen. And so interesting, the body was still able to maintain and to breathe in these situations. And then we can see also when it wasn't with these hundreds of thousands of casualties when the breath could no longer keep up. We look at the transmission as it continues to evolve through awareness, research, documentation, investigation, through the aerosolization. And we see now that masks containing what can be transmitted through the breath are protective Noticing that feeling of inhibition of breath by the mask and also acknowledging that many 
wear masks consistently for their work, for cultural practices, and they're able to maintain their breath and breathing. So there is this sense of shortness of breath that could be one of the earlier signs. It could be one of the severe manifestations of COVID-19 and that sensation of not being able to breathe. We saw that so clearly in the murder of George Floyd, who literally stated, I can't breathe. And asphyxiation was the cause of death. When his breath left him and that physical form was no longer sustained. And we can look at that experience of not being able to breathe beyond just that literal example and the dramatic, constant, ubiquitous impacts of racism on society and how it is strangling people of color and noticing what it looks like to compromise the breath of others. When we limit the clear space and we inhibit the structure, preventing them from breathing fully, taking in completely the resources in the way that is accessible to those who are not people of color and how society has created this divide and limited even that most basic and critical resource of sustainability. We are taking the breath away from others because we see them as other. And we don't stop to say, actually, no, we are the same. We are one. We are united in breath. Looking at the current state of affairs with the wildfires, destroying communities all along the West Coast and moving interiorly into the United States with air quality measures never before measured, there is no precedent for the hazardous quality of air that is being experienced right now, numbers never before seen, the volume of structures burning, putting toxins into the air, where literally it is stated, do not go outside, do not breathe this air, mask even indoors. We are influencing our ability to take in clear breath. And while we might think natural disasters don't discriminate, they do. And perhaps not the disaster itself, but the infrastructure in place prior to the occurrence that has created discrepancy and disparity in access to resources, in location of homes, in capacity for communication, in access to relief, We see through all of these, there is a divide on impact and the severity is greater for black indigenous people of color in this country. And even though we are united and equal in our experience of breath and humanity, we have allowed ourselves to forget that 
and to create divides, artificial divides, but real nonetheless in their impact and influence. And as we move toward rebuilding, we must do so from a place of acknowledgement that we all need breath. We all have breath. We all are breath. We all deserve to be able to inhale completely and fully with clarity and control. We can also experience the exhale collectively in the sigh of challenge and frustration and exhaustion and even defeat. But it is not finite. There is another breath to be taken. And we're going to do that collectively in humanity. And the more we can focus on the power of breath, on the potential of breath, the less we will spend our time seeing the division. And it doesn't mean not to see one another exactly as we are for all of our beauty and diversity and unique experience. Yes. And let that be enriching and bring depth to our engagement and beauty to the tapestry of our collective experience. But let it be laid on the foundation of the unification of breath so that there is no need or desire to divide, that there is no scarcity of, well, there's not enough for me. I can't give this to you. There is no me or you. There is us and there is breath. And when we can operate from that space, there won't be the possibility for natural disasters to discriminate because we are operating from a place of wholeness, from equity, not of sameness, because there is room for the diverse house and container for each of us, right? To be this own beautiful, ornate, one-of-a-kind, irreplaceable container for breath and for that breath to be continuous and equitably experienced amongst us all. Thinking about what it means to experience spirit through breath. As I mentioned, talking about this with Dr. Yu, and we look at body, mind, and spirit, and we see the physical experience of and influence of breath on the physical. We see the mental relationship, and when we do tap into the control of the breath and how it can be utilized to engage with our nervous system. And then we see that spirit in that powerful space and place and way of engaging with ourselves and with one another, where the health is really held. And it's in all, right? All three of those, the unification are the health manifest. But seeing it truly, beautifully held in the spirit as the breath. 
And there we're not limited even by the last breath that oxygenates our body when that leaves. But it does continue on, right? Breath continues on in the spirit beyond us into the world. We think about that first breath, right? That first cry, that first joyful experience of hearing breath taken when we exit the womb. And what energy, how that spirit emerges in that moment and continues on into the world, right? That breath leaves us and our spirit emerges and cannot be distinguished from the world around us. And it's forever connected to those people in the room with us in that moment and everywhere beyond. I can't go outside and identify my breath in your breath and keep it for myself and prevent you from taking yours. But we try to, right? We try to limit those resources for others, often because we think that's what's necessary for self-preservation. But what if there is ample breath for us all and in letting it go and in simply being a responsible steward of our own allows everyone to inhale and exhale as deeply and freely as they need to for the maintenance of their health and way of being. So I encourage us all to acknowledge, to be with our breath, to notice the power we do have to engage with it, to enhance it, to give gratitude for its capacity to sustain us right? through sleep. We can rest because our body is maintaining in taking those easy breaths. And if you struggle with breath, know that there is room for you to gain control and gain power over it. And if you feel your breath is being suppressed by the pandemic of coronavirus, of racism, of drought and wildfire and smoke. Let us work together to clear the air, to free the airways, to limit and remove the obstructions and offer to all equal access to a full, complete, whole, filling, inspiring, sustaining breath. So let's take three together here now. In through the nose, pausing at the top, out through the mouth, gently. for a moment about breathing in our future potential holding in that space of the now breathing out any challenges 
of the past. Pausing at the exhale. Again, returning to the now where we always are. Just seeing the potential we have for ourselves and for one another. That there is no other. There is only us united in health, in wholeness, through the breath. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.